I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I'm never going to get over how one of my favorite artists, Tyler Childers, looks just like Andrew Houghton. Welcome back, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? All sorts of stuff for you. Montana Tech bends hoops into the Elite Eight of the NAIA National Tournament. Alex Singleton, Montana State uh, alum and Denver Broncos linebacker, got paid. How's $18 million sound, including $9 million guaranteed from the Broncos after his great year? We also continued our high school uh, state championship coverage. Scott Anderson, Missoula Loyola, joined us. Heather Foster of the uh, Missoula YMCA Swung by to tell us more about their uh, Here for Good capital campaign. And uh, we also had our Treasure State Stars for the week. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by the uh, M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. The MSU Bookstore, best place on campus to get your blue and gold on game day or any day, as well as Blackfoot Communications. Let Blackfoot Communications show you how they can help your small business. Visit goblackfoot.com. Uh, a couple pieces of housekeeping here. Well, actually, first of all, something that we uh, we just didn't get to in the first hour, but that you're here for every Tuesday. Tag Tuesday, Tag Larry Deli, giving you an opportunity to win a $25 gift card every Tuesday here on Nuanas Now. Tag has awesome sandwiches. Don't believe me? Ask People Magazine, the Food Network. They've named Tag Larry Deli the best sandwiches in Montana. They also have, though, a great old-world wine selection, awesome uh, Italian-style goods, olive oils, things like that. Go check them out there at the corner of Beckwith and Higgins. They should have their new location up and running in no time as well in the Sawmill District. You want to win free tag? Call us right now, 406-888-1029. Quickest to the draw, caller number 2, 888-1029. Call right now, 888-1029. 25 bucks to tag the area, Delhi. Uh, courtesy of our great friends there uh, at TAG. Also, uh, we have partnered with the folks at Vertical Rays as well as the folks at All-American Trophy to present awards that come with trophies for the top high school basketball players for the boys and girls levels, boys and girls divisions in Class AA and Class A. We are still working on the details in terms of our list of finalists. I think we'll probably make this announcement sometime early next week. But we'll have a Boys and Girls AA Basketball Player of the Year and a Boys and Girls Class A Basketball Players of the Year. Thanks to our great friends at Vertical Rays. If you want to check out how Vertical Rays can help you, your organization, your nonprofit, your high school sports team, 
It's a phenomenal, streamlined way to raise money. All you have to do is visit verticalraise.com. Uh, you can also hit them up on Instagram uh, or various other social media outlets. But I've been wanting to have some awards and some trophies for a long time. So appreciate Pete and the folks over there at uh, Vertical Raise for helping institute uh, this fun idea with us here at uh, ESPN Radio. You got questions, comments, you want to be a part of the show, you always can by that same number that whoever just won the tag just called on, 406-888-1029. You can uh, call or text that number uh, anytime. I'm not sure when the, the pro days will roll through Montana and Montana State. I'm also not sure who's going to be harboring pro aspirations. I know Patrick O'Connell, the All-American linebacker for the Grizzlies, uh, he's been training with Tom Shaw down in Florida. So he'll certainly uh, want to be a participant in the pro day here uh, in Missoula. Justin Ford for the Grizz, former cornerback, he'll almost certainly participate in the pro day as well. Not sure who else. But judging by uh, the sort of pseudo-announcement, on Twitter earlier today, one guy who will not be participating in the pro day because he's moving on to the next phase of his football life will be Robbie Houck. He's a multiple-time All-American safety uh, here for the Grizz, uh, one of Montana's leading tacklers four years in a row, which then helped him become the all-time leading tackler, not only in the history of Grizz football, but also in the history of the Big Sky Conference. And Robbie Houck, according to his Twitter page, is now the recruiting coordinator at San Diego State. No other job title listed on there. So um, I don't know what how to really even analyze this. I mean, first of all, good for him. That's, that's great. And if you're getting a job at a Mountain West school right out of your playing days, um, it means you have a lot of potential in coaching and also means you probably have some great connections. And it totally makes sense with the fact that Bobby Houck has been in college coaching for 30-plus years and uh, – had a, a, a brief but successful stint at San Diego State. I was trying to think, though, most of the time I, I've ever, you know, analyzed the position of recruiting coordinator. It's always been through the lens of the FCS, and almost always those positions are guys that are also coaching up a, a position group. So um, I have no idea how Robbie Houck's going to be as the recruiting coordinator at San Diego State. I mean, I imagine probably good. He's a hardworking guy, smart kid. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. But, uh, I mean, that's the news of the day. Uh, he is not pursuing professional football dreams. He is pursuing uh, professional football as a coach dreams. So, um, we'll see if he uh, somehow lands in some sort of a capacity in terms of um, – a position coach someday soon as well. Uh, but either way, uh, there you go. The all-time leading tackler in the history of both Montana and Big Sky Conference football uh, is headed to San Diego State. That brings us into then our Big Sky Spotlight presented by Dave Maldonado and Maldonado Law. If you're facing DUI or criminal charges, you need legal guidance you can count on. Maldonado Law is here for you. With over 10 years of legal experience, their firm will represent your best interests in the courtroom Reach out to their office in Butte, 406-299-2905, or in Missoula, 406-552-4653. Or, much easier to remember, visit BigSkyDefender.com. 
Dave Maldonado, one of the most successful trial lawyers in Western Montana. So if you're in a pinch, you don't want to fight the insurance companies on your own, or you're facing criminal or DUI charges, give Dave and his firm at Maldonado Law a call. We've been going through some spring ball storylines over the last handful of days, and uh, a new piece of news uh, arose. We told you briefly on Friday that the Grizz football team will be in the market for a new punter for the second year in a row. Patrick Rohrbach is transferring to Arizona State, but not to play football. The FCS punter of the year last season, a kid out of Kalispell Glacier, he is going to join the Air Force ROTC program there at Arizona State and uh, be fast-tracked, at least I'm assuming, to becoming a pilot in the Air Force. So um, pretty cool. Pretty Sounds like a pretty challenging pursuit. Uh, but no more football for Patrick Rohrbach. Uh, somewhat reminiscent of Brian Buschini, who was also an All-American as a freshman, a kid out of Helena Capital, who then, after one year with the Grizz, Walked away from the program, transferred to Nebraska. So, um, I mean, that in itself sort of lends to that Montana knows how to reload at punter. That said, it's not a foregoing conclusion that they will reload at punter. And it's also really hard, in fact, almost impossible to have a, a yet another new punter that's of the same caliber and quality of the last two. I mean, the last two were two of the best punters I've seen for the Grizz, uh, they were two of the best punters in the country as All-Americans. And uh, so I don't know. I don't know how you, you you continue to stay even or get better at that position. Uh, but that was the news of the day last week. News of the day this week, Montana State is now in the market for a new punter as well. <laughs> it's funny because when Samari Toure first transferred from Montana, the the outcry was sort of, you know, from, from the naysayers, from the people that don't like the transfer portal, from the people that, uh, you know, think that it's ruining college sports. The naysayers and uh, the doubters around Montana were saying, well, the FCS is just becoming a farm system. We're going to have all these skill players uh, move on and move up. That's not been nearly as frequent as, as just a short sample size. But the last couple years, you've had the, the record-setting kicker for the Cats, Blake Lesnar, transferred to UCLA. Bryce Layton uh, is just stepping away from football. He's just going to finish his degree at Montana State. But he was, uh, and this comes with a grain of salt. It comes with a caveat because the, the, the specialist rankings for recruiting are oftentimes, I don't know, I, skewed is the wrong word. But if you go to the right camps, you know the right guys, you, you can get a lot of elevated recruiting hype. Make no mistake, though, Bryce Layton was a very highly recruited punter out of Camas, Washington. And he's a good punter at Montana State the last couple years. So uh, he is walking away from the program. Blake Glesner into the portal and then out of the portal to UCLA. The Grizz are going through overturn at punter for now uh, the third year in a row. So, Andrew, I mean, this is an, an interesting fold here, right? Uh, I, I I think that the uh, people were, were worried about the Samari Torres and Isaiah Fontes of the world. And instead, it's the specialists that are that are on their way out the door. But when you really think about it, it, it's not that surprising, right? I mean, punting a ball 47 yards is punting a ball 47 yards, right? It's, it's a pretty easily translatable skill uh, to a higher level of football. 
That's right, because you're not relying on anybody else on the field to do your job, right? I mean, right. you got the snapper, I guess, but it's the one easily repeatable motion. It's not like a wide receiver. you got to be good at route running and catching and being fast and everything. No, you just, you're just out there kicking the ball. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, I think, which ways these schools go to replace it. Because as you mentioned, Montana went through this, of course, last year with Brian Machini transferring to Nebraska. Yep. Uh, so they have a plan in place. The Grizz ha- have done this for a year. What direction does Montana State go now to replace a guy a couple years before that they they thought that they were going to have to replace him? You know, I'm sure you've got the whiteboard in the coach's office with the list of all the players and all their eligibility. Maybe you weren't looking at filling that hole for a couple more seasons because you don't need to have an understudy punter on the roster. Uh, What do they go and do now? Because Montana's already been through it one time. Well, And that's the the thing is, you know, I mean— who is more vocally, uh, outwardly vocal about disliking the transfer portal than Montana head coach Bobby Houck? Not very many people. But it's also kind of a shtick at this point because he also is utilizing it, and it sort of makes everything go full circle, right? Well, you know, it's the infamous exchange that he and I had during fall camp last year. Coach Houck, you lose your, your puncher and your kicker from a year ago. How are you going to replace them? And he says... You've been, you've been covering us for a really long time. When have we ever had problems with punter and kicker? And I said, well, I can't recall you ever having problems with punter and kicker. And he said, exactly, we're going to be fine. But so for all of the cyclical nature of it, they, you know, they had to replace Kevin Macias last year. They brought in Nico Ramos. He was not nearly as consistent. So there's kind of two parts to this, right? If you lose... What the portal taketh away, the portal can giveth back, right? So, you know, it sort of puts pressure on you to almost certainly try to go that route, at least to have some sort of competition. But then it also puts a lot of pressure on you to get the transfer part right. You got to get a guy that can replicate the previous performance if guys are walking away and going on to to different opportunities. Well, that's right. And I think the the Kevin Macias to Nico Ramos example showed a lot of the downside of doing this, right? The Brian Machini to Patrick Rohrbach showed that, you know, you can find replacements at these positions, but going to Nico Ramos, it demonstrated that you got to get it right because, again, you're not bringing in, as Montana State did, multiple transfer receivers at a position if you're thin there. You're bringing in one guy, and you need them to be the guy, and maybe you can do that for a year or two, but you don't want to have to keep doing it year over year because eventually... Even if you're picking guys at a 75% hit rate out of the portal who are going to perform, if you have to keep doing it over and over every year, eventually you're going to hit that year where you don't get the evaluation right. Well, Noah's now ESPN Radio. It's our Big Sky Spotlight presented by Maldonado Law. Visit BigSkyDefender.com. If you're in a bind, you don't want to fight the insurance companies yourself, you have DUI or criminal charges you're facing, give Dave and his team a call or visit BigSkyDefender.com. I guess the ideal parallel, I guess the analogy I'll make, the the Carolina Panthers traded for the number one overall pick in the NFL draft last week. They signed Andy Dalton to a two-year contract today. So you're giving yourself sort of this stopgap quarterback and then expecting to be drafting a quarterback, so you have kind of two options. I think the best-case scenario for these schools is to have a guy in-house already that is developing and then also bring in a transfer, and so then you have two guys competing for one spot. That sort of goes in the face, though, of what a lot of successful FCS programs have done for a long time, and that is try to get a guy that's maybe above this level, but that's going to come in and be a four-year starter. That's what the Cats thought they had in Blake Lesnar. That's how they got him. They said, hey, you're going to be our starting kicker day one. 
come well, here, set all I'm these sure records. I'm sure that's what the, the Grizz thought they had in Brian Machini and Patrick Horbach, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally, for sure. Uh, so in terms of where uh, these teams turn, I know that the, the, the Cats do have uh, a couple young kickers in their program, and Casey Katzman out of Butte, who's uh, was, was a really good high school kicker and punter. And, and that's the other thing for the Montana schools that does, does give them a little bit of, of breathing room when it comes to these departures of specialists. The specialists that come out of Montana are, are very good. I mean, you look at some of the great kickers in Grizz history. I mean, Dan Carpenter is a Montana guy. Uh, some of the great punters in Grizz history. I mean, Rohrbach and Buschini were both Montana guys. Tyson Johnson was a Montana guy. And, uh, you know, there's been some similar uh, success by in-state kickers and punters uh, at MSU as well. So the Cats do have an in-state guy uh, that I think they're probably going to give an opportunity to, but then they're also probably going to um, – I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if they if they hit the portal. As far as the Grizz go, uh, Nico Ramos did get his 19th year, or, or I guess I mean 7th year, <laughs> of college football – uh, so they do have an option um, there. But in terms of punter, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, some action on the portal. I'm, I'm scrolling through their roster right now. I, I don't know if they have an actual punter on the roster. It looks, it looks like they do not have a punter on their roster. So uh, we're not going to be able to really see any spring ball, one, because the practices are closed, and two, because they're practicing right now as we are on live radio. So we'll probably have to figure out just the who's who of, of potential punters, if there are any in the Grizz program uh, down the road, maybe during the spring game. But I guess the, the, that, there's that. I, this is the last point I'll make on this, Andrew. I guess there's that part of it too, right? Is it's not just about having a punter that's getting extra reps right now during spring football. You want to practice all the things that are sort of around the special teams. You, you know, you want to see who's going to battle for spots on the punt coverage team and the punt protection well, team. I, I know Bobby Houck wants to do those <laughs> things for sure. Yeah, 100%. So then that's where the, I think this actually impacts it is they'll have a guy to punt during the fall next year. It's the development of everybody else around that guy uh, that maybe is the biggest concern here during spring ball uh, for the Grizz. Well, right, and even at a at a more granular level, the the operation of the, the snapper and the punter, yeah, yeah. right? Because Grayson Pibble... Uh, is he's in his second year snapping now. He was good last season, but like those are always reps that you can have more of. No doubt. Uh, Big Sky Spotlight presented by Dave Maldonado. Maldonado Law. Visit BigSkyDefender.com if you are facing DUI or criminal charges or you don't want to fight the insurance companies all on your own. Uh, BigSkyDefender.com Other storylines that I was uh, interested in when it comes to Spring ball for both Montana and Montana State. This is just sort of more of a a speculative question than it is an actual concern. Who's going to be the next star linebacker for the Grizz? The reason it's not a concern is the Grizz have always had a star linebacker. The guys that are the the frontline linebackers for the Grizz have been stars. Part of that's just because of the identity of their program. Part of that's just because there's been so many guys from Montana that have risen up and developed and become great players uh, for the Grizz football team. But they do have, I mean, they've had a lot of overturn the last couple years. 
uh, at linebacker. And this, coming out of this last year, they'll lose Patrick O'Connell, who's uh, an NFL hopeful. They'll learn Mark, lose Marcus Wellnell, who was a multiple-time uh, All-Big Sky performer. But, uh, I mean, the leaders in the clubhouse, I mean, some guy, people would actually argue that a couple of these guys are actually already stars. And, again, <laughs> they're just right off the conveyor belt. Just Montana-made, hard-nosed linebackers, probably Braxton Hill and, and Levi Janicaro. Braxton Hill uh, out of uh, Anaconda, Montana, Levi Janicaro uh, out of Missoula Big Sky. Uh, those guys will probably both be uh, among the front runners to be the new number 37 as well, depending on what happens with that tradition. There was so much, uh, I don't know, so clunky in the exchange of the number last year. So I don't know. I don't know what the future of it is. I think everything's on the table. A continuation of it's on the table. An altering of it's on the table. Uh, a a uh, canceling is the wrong word, but uh, a moving away from it is on the table. I don't know. I, I don't want to speculate on what is next for 37. But I do think that most of the primary candidates for 37 for the Grizzlies are likely Montana-made linebackers, Braxton Hill, Levi Janicaro, uh, being the front runners among them. Um, I mean, how much, how much elevation do they need out of those two guys for them to be uh, on the caliber of, of the guys that they're going to be stepping in for? Because like, both of them played a lot last year. I mean, is it a huge jump for either of those guys? I don't think it is, Coulter. I especially don't think it's a huge jump in terms of ability of what they're doing on the field. I think it's a jump in terms of opportunity sure. is going to take them to right around that level. And, of course, uh, you know, replacing what Patrick O'Connell did. These guys were, were great All-American players. And I'm not saying that Braxton Hill and Levi Janicaro are, are on that level. But I think that with an elevation in opportunity, and they're going to be the guys this year, they're going to be the guys playing, I think they're going to get at least on that tier. I'm not sure that they need to develop all that much. What would you say about that? Well, I, I do think that the, there is a concern here, not because of those two guys, but because of the defense that Montana has employed over the last several years. Because they basically are playing this 3-3-5, but it's actually not really a 3-3-5. It's like a 3 2 5 with a rotating edge. And that's why O'Connell was so good, because he could line up on the strong side edge, the weak side edge. He could sometimes float in the middle. He was so good at coming downhill, pursuing in space, but he's also so good at purely rushing the passer. Now, I, I do think that with elevated reps, both Hill or Janicaro could become good edge guys. But I also think they're already good inside guys. So I don't know if you want to really um, alter that, but you look at their linebacker group, you know, whether you're talking about, uh, I mean, Tyler Flink is also a guy that got a lot of uh, high quality reps at inside linebacker this last year. Ryan Tyrrell also was in the rotation there as well, but all these guys that were naming, they all seem to fit those inside spots. Carson Rostad's the, the tallest, longest of the of the crew, former Gatorade Player of the Year out of Hamilton High School. 
But I, I just don't know if any of those guys are, are a true edge. I don't know if any of them have that ability to like bend and turn the corner like O'Connell did. did so I don't know if, if you just negate that position or if you just find somebody else and convert somebody. I don't know. Do you look somewhere else then? I mean, does a guy yeah. like Kale Edwards play that spot maybe who's listed See, as a defensive end now, but he's listed at 6'5", 240. He could probably remake his body into somebody who can play the edge there, somebody like Henry Noose. I, I think that Kale Edwards is, is the, the guy there because – Kale Edwards, I know that I have a, a higher affinity for Kale Edwards than most. I've always had a high affinity for whoever's the crazy guy on kickoff for the Grizz. I mean, that's that's always been one of my favorite things ever since I was a kid, is identifying the guy who runs down on kickoffs with his hair on fire. Because almost always, those guys become studs. I, I mean, I remember identifying early on Colt Anderson in that spot. Brock Coyle, you know, more recently... Kendrick Van Akron was one of the great kickoff players ever right, for the Grizz. And, and then he then he became one of the all-time leading tacklers for the Grizz. And uh, Kale Edwards is that guy. He, ha- he was that guy last year. I also think, though, the way Kale Edwards is built is he is. He's long, he's lean, he's explosive, he's rangy. He's not necessarily like a block eater. And like the, in this three, if they keep running the same exact defense with Ronnie Bradford as a defensive coordinator, those DNs, when they're built like Derry Todd was last year, you know, the 6'2", 270 guy, that's a better body type than than what Kale Edwards is. I think that Kale Edwards could maximize his natural gifts by being a guy that was put in better situations to come off the edge. Jacob McGowan's sort of in the same boat. McGowan's much bigger, much stouter, but McGowan was strictly a pass rush specialist his first year at Montana. And then as he's climbed the depth chart, it's ironically actually become harder for him to have flash production because he's asked to do something completely different. And there's so much sacrifice that's that goes into playing D-line and D-end for the Grizz. So I don't know. Maybe they do bump Kale Edwards out. All I know is Kale Edwards, to me, is poor man's Daniel Hardy from Montana State. Hardy was sort of toiling as a reserve outside linebacker backing up Troy Anderson for a couple years. And then Montana State switched schemes, moved to a 4-3, and put Hardy on the edge. I didn't know how that was going to go. Oh, well, it went pretty well. He had 17 and a half sacks and got drafted by the Los Angeles Rams. I'm not saying that, like, Kill Edwards, you know, true upside is 17 and a half sacks, but maybe it is. I think he runs as well as anybody on the team. I think he's got a great motor. I think he's tough. So... I don't know. We'll see. They do need to find somebody that can be sort of that edge specialist because this team, this Grizz team, they pressure the passer as well as anybody in the FCS, but they get almost all the production pressure in the passer from their linebackers, not from their DNs. So who is that guy that can be sort of the linchpin of playing on the edge? We'll see. Maybe they, maybe they add somebody in the offseason from the portal, but I think that right now they have so many different solid options at the inside linebacker spots I don't know where they go uh, on the outside linebacker spots. It's our Big Sky Spotlight presented by Dave Maldonado and Maldonado Law. Maldonado Law's goal is to provide quality and thorough representation throughout Montana. Dave Maldonado has incorporated sophisticated management systems utilizing cloud-based technology, and they maintain trained and competent staff that can officially run daily operations so Dave and his team can focus on what matters to you, your case. If you're facing DUI or criminal charges, you need legal guidance you can count on, visit BigSkyDefender.com to see how Maldonado Law 
can help you. Maybe we'll keep talking football. Maybe we'll talk some history. Either way, uh, keep it right here. Don't change the dial. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. One of the funniest parts about this time of year is how much my phone blows up from people I don't hear from any other time of the year. Who do you got in your bracket? I got two points on this. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I guess I got three points about this. One... Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Even the people that have the, the, all they do is watch college basketball. Who, by the way, Colby Dant, who's our, our good buddy, who is the, uh, the founder and the host of the college basketball experience that's part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's been our go-to guy for March Madness Talk the last couple of years. And uh, Colby, proud of him. Uh, when he first started out, they, they were sort of just crowdsourcing and sending out emails and you know, sometimes you just gloss over that kind of stuff, but I decided to hit this guy up, and uh, it was when he first launched his podcast, and he came on the show, and I thought he was great, and so we just kept talking. Well, now here he is a couple years later, and the college basketball experience has become a big-time podcast, and he is actually doing his podcast live from the Wynn Casino in downtown Las Vegas uh, on Thursday. So he'll join us about 20 minutes before he goes live. So we'll, we'll warm him up, and then he'll roll with it. So excited to have him on. But, I mean, I listened. He, he and his, his podcast team, they did like a two-and-a-half-hour deep dive on the bracket. These guys know more about college basketball than it's even possible to know. They won't know anything when it comes to scoring the brackets. I mean, they might get one here, there, everywhere. The thing that's what makes it fun, but also what makes it not a a challenge of who knows the most is almost certainly the people that are going to win the brackets are the people that just flat out straight up got lucky. Like if you say that you won the bracket because you knew, nah, you didn't know. You just straight picked the right 13 seed to do this, that, and the other. Yeah, I mean, g- give me the guy who actually picked George Mason to go to the Final Four or who actually picked St. Peter's to go to the Elite Eight. It ain't happening. So sometimes it's just it's just all a matter of luck. So that's one, you know, I don't know because nobody knows. Number two, I spend so much of my time during the college basketball season covering the Big Sky Conference. That's fun. That's what most of you want to hear about. That's what I uh, am an quote-unquote expert in analyzing. That also means that on the nights I'm not sitting at Dahlberg Arena or Brick Breeden Fieldhouse or Idaho Central Arena in Boise, I'm almost certainly not watching college basketball. It's either not on or, uh, which leads to my third point, 
I just don't think regular season men's college basketball is that good of a product. I, I in fact, think it's the product that's regressed the most among these sort of headlining sports. I think that there's a variety of reasons for it. I think the court's too small. The guys are too big. The rules are too strict. I think if they went to NBA court size, NBA rules, and played with quarters, you could advance the ball. There's so many different things that could help aid the product that is men's college basketball. That's all to say, I don't want to demean anything of the excitement of this upcoming weekend because throw everything I just said as far as the, as far as the criticisms of men's college basketball out the window. The greatest tournament on the planet Earth is the NCAA tournament. It is the greatest sporting event in terms of single elimination tournament play uh, that exists. And so, you know, you have to not even be alive to think that it's not fun. I mean, it's so fun. And it's so fun to fill out the brackets. And even if you are lucky, just, you just won because you got lucky, still, have fun, enjoy it. It's just funny, though, because everybody always asks me, who you got? Who you got? Like trying to glean some wisdom from me. I do have a formula for how I pick my bracket. I usually do okay in my bracket, but it's not like me, the ESPN guy, is just cleaning up in the brackets every year. I'm not. If you look at our history, I think that I was looking through it like in our bracket challenge, which, by the way, go enter our bracket challenge. You've got a couple days left here to enter. All you got to do is go to ESPN.com, click on the tournament challenge, and then search ESPN MT 2023. That'll get you there. The group is called ESPN MT 2023 Challenge. We have quite literally thousands of dollars of prizes from our great sponsors like Uptop Clothing, who's going to provide over $500 of merchandise. Katie O'Keefe's Casino, which is going to give you $500 cash. We have three different memorabilia boxes, courtesy of Zootown Sports Cards, ranging from $250 to $700 plus in value. We also got great... Uh, gifts and prizes from a variety of other local establishments like Paradise Falls, Sushi Hana, the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, Complex Brewing. So go get your bracket entry in, ESPN MT 2023 Challenge. But I was looking through it. We've done this now for my five, all five years that I've been here at ESPN Radio. And I think the, the, the best I ever finished was like 11th. So, you know, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, when you're calling me and texting me and asking me for all this advice, either you know as good as I know, or even if I might know a little bit better, you might just be luckier than me. So just follow your heart. Uh, you know, I do have a formula. I'm not going to share that formula with you today because we're going to talk all about bracket action tomorrow with both Colby Dan and maybe our good buddy Sean Rainey. But either way, we'll give you our final upset bids and uh, some of our other picks tomorrow. But uh yeah, that's just my soapbox for the day. <laughs> I appreciate the calls. I love everybody, you know, reaching out. But it's just funny when I, you know, I haven't heard from this person in a while. What's going on? Oh, who you got in your Final Four? I don't know, man. I haven't even decided yet. I got to I gotta do all, a bunch more research. But, again, the research doesn't even get you that far because so much of it just comes down to uh, who embraces the moment, who embraces the madness. Uh, but either way, go make, make sure to – be a part of the fun, our ESPN MT Bracket Challenge. Search ESPN MT 2023 on the ESPN.com Tournament Challenge uh, part of the website. You see me holding my favorite book here. So let's have, uh, we're going to have a little two-part history lesson today to wind up the show. And uh, maybe our good friend Tommy will will come by. I know he was jonesing and calling uh, to come in. Uh, so maybe he'll make his way up the stairs. Uh, we'll see. 
But those that followed along, we've been doing this for a little bit more than a year. I wanted to get it done in a year, but it's been great fun. It's such an interesting conversation. Um, Chuck Closerman, who's one of my favorite pop culture analysts, he has a theory, uh, the theory of 50 years, how memories and legends last for 50 years. And after that, they start to fade. And I think this book is a great example of that. This book, 100 Greatest Sports Heroes by Mac Davis, The Life Stories of Immortals of Sports, selected by America's Top Sports Writers. The caveat, this is written in 1954. So I found it unbelievably fascinating to see some of the, uh, you know, the Joe Lewis's of the world, you know, the, the Walter Johnson's and Bobby Jones and Ben Hogan's and, you know, Sugar Ray Robinson and Jack Dempsey, Babe Ruth, the names you, you, you haven't forgotten yet. You probably won't forget because they're still part of the lexicon of American sport. Then it's also been fascinating to see some of the others that maybe you only knew a little bit about. The Christy Mathewsons of the world. You know, the, uh, the Don Hudsons of the world. And then it's also been completely fascinating to find the guys and girls in this book that are completely unknown to me and, and most likely unknown to all of you as well. And that's what we have here today for our history lesson. Stella Walsh. This is at an alphabetical order, by the way, and uh, we're just going page by page. We only got about 10 pages left, so just a couple athletes left. Stella Walsh, her nickname, The Durable Lady. A sports fan who glances at the records made by women's athletes in track and field is apt to think he is suffering from optical illusion when he notices that in the year 1930, a girl named Stella Walsh was the United States champion at 100 yards, and that champion at the same distance in 1948 bears the same name. But no, it is no optical illusion, nor is it a different girl with the same name. The Stella Walsh, who was America's 100-yard champion in 1930, is the same who won the race for the fourth time 18 years later. Unbelievable. A further check will show that Stella Walsh, who was uh, Stella Walstershize uh, when she came to America from Poland years ago, won many race, races and field events after 1948. Her record, as brilliant as any among women in sports, included 70 different world and national track titles, including speed marks made nearly a quarter century ago, which have never been equaled. Outstanding among her victories was the 100-yard dash uh, against the cream of the world's uh, sprinting crop in the 1932 Olympic Games, and she's been just as outstanding in the broad jump, the discus throw, and other events in track and field. To prove that she was far from through as a top-notch performer, Stella, in 1953, entered the Western Regional Meet of Women's National AAU Pentathlon Championships. She was well past the age of 40. Nevertheless, Stella Walsh competed against America's best track and field stars, spread eagled the field. Not only did she set a new mark for the grueling five-event contest with a grand total of 2,199 points, but she also set marks of 7.6 seconds for the 60 meters and 107 feet 9 inches hurling the discus. This was 23 years after her first world championship. Any woman who shattered so many records in track and field would deserve an honored place near the top of the list if she had crammed all of her accomplishments into just a few seasons of competition. But more remarkable than her triumphs in the span of years over which she met the best the world had to offer and beat them, the conclusion is inescapable. Stella Walsh is unequaled. Amazing. I had never heard of Stella Walsh. Very fun to learn about her. One more, then we'll take a break. Cornelius Warmerdam, the man on the pole. Uh, he was widely known as one of the great 
pole vaulters ever. He was uh, one of the first vaulters to ever go over 13 feet. He then was the first vaulter to go over 14 feet. And then he pushed it all the way to the limits and became the first man ever to best 15 feet in the pole vault. Uh, Before he retired from competition, he had a pole vault of 15 feet or better 43 times, including setting the world record of 15 feet, eight and a half inches. That world record was unmatched from 1942 all the way until 1958. And that's when this book came out. So he was the world record holder then. It's amazing the way that humans continue to scale. And track and field such a great example of that. For example, Colby Wilson of Montana State cleared 18 feet in the pole vault this last year to break the all-time Big Sky record. So the Big Sky record, the world record, was 15 feet and change some 70 years ago. Even in the the highest level of uh, college track and field, it's now four-plus feet higher, and the world record now, I believe, is five feet higher than what Cornelius Warmerdam was jumping. But uh, either way, I think that that's why track is fascinating to me because the numbers are so definitive, concrete, surpassing those numbers is is so absolute, but it also just shows the athletic progress and the pursuit of improvement that we as humans all share. A little history lesson for you here on Nuanas. Now, maybe we'll do a couple more after the break, but we will take a break. Don't change the dial, though. We'll get you set up for the rest of the week and maybe learn a little bit more, or maybe we'll hear from the Tommy Man. Either way, uh, don't change the dial. Keep it right here. It's ESPN Radio. This is Nuanas Now. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreis from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. You know what I think you guys should start doing more of on the trail? Boy, the amount of times I hear that in the day. <laughs> I'm saying more, Get in line. more alternative country. Okay. Thank you. 
I'll take that to heart. Yeah, we. if it's not broke, don't fix it. Welcome back to On Is Now Yesterday Radio. The show needs a ton of fixing. If you ever change the channel, turn it up one notch to the perfect radio station, 103.3 The Trail. Tommy Evans, who's hosting the new show, starting about 10 minutes on 103.3 right. Montana's Quality Rock, uh, in studio with us to sabotage the show. Uh, if you're missing anything in the show, find it on the podcast presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. Uh, what, are you, what are you burning on today? First of all, I'm burning on the fact that the producer back there doesn't let people through the show when you call. <laughs> I call in with a pertinent response and a topic that I want to ingest onto this very, as you said, uh, what did you just call this show? Uh, 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 work in progress. Work in progress. Yeah, yeah. I call in because Coulter's talking about something. I want to add a comment. And you say, well, you're welcome to uh, call back in one hour. And at that time, you may join the show. Coulter had gone on here and said, <laughs> when did you realize that so-and-so was a great singer? Chris that, Stapleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me tell you who's the best best singer. Me. Really? I'm the best singer. Okay. And I'm here to challenge you, Coulter. I'm here to challenge <laughs> you, Safford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. You, Andrew, the voice of apparently reason at, at this operation. <laughs> and you, the listener. Uh, we're all going to get together and have a little karaoke night. Oh, Forget good, this March good, good. Madness bracket challenge. <laughs> I'm going to swoon all of you at karaoke What's night. What's your go-to song? What, what are you going to bust out for? Uh... Uh, uh, anything by Celine Dion, I rock. <laughs> yeah, I got Celine Dion, Katy Perry on lock. Oh, my gosh. And a special guest invitation to Ryan Tutel. I know he can belt them better than anybody. Uh, he is in town. Uh, you might have missed him earlier. Did you see him? Uh, no. He swung it, right Hard today. to miss that guy yeah, yeah, or yeah. miss the scent of uh, him. He, dude, he was wearing a shirt I've never seen him wear before. Really? I gave him a hug. I was like, look at you, dude. You bought new clothes. How is this even possible? Really? <laughs> he, okay, he really I, did. Well, good on you. And he Ryan. was wearing matching clothes too. Okay, so uh, really quick before we get to yep. new show. Yeah. Uh, now that we've all challenged each other for some karaoke, I'm building my bracket. It's the first bracket I've ever built in my entire life. I want to just kind of get your take on it. I'm struggling though to make a decision between the final two teams on who's going to go all the way and win this thing. <laughs> it's between the Howard Bison for me <laughs> or. Texas Southern Tigers are where I'm go. stuck. Okay, so here's the deal, Tommy. If you were to actually bet those teams and then they were to actually win the national championship, yeah. you would win tens of millions of dollars. Well, good. I could hire some real talent to run this <laughs> damn show then. If you truly put 100 bucks on Texas Southern and they won the national championship, you seriously would win probably like $20 million. It so, would be crazy. So I'm making the right decision. Well, maybe. There's a reason you'd win $20 million. It's like a billion to one odds that a 16 seed. I mean, a 16 seed's only ever won a game in the NCAA tournament, let alone uh, one time, let alone... Uh, Three straight games or six you're, straight You're games. talking to the engineer. I don't understand what seeding <laughs> is. I'm telling you, those are the teams. I need someone to help me flip a coin between the two of those. Send us a text right now, 888-1029. Which one of those two should I put as winning the entire thing on my bracket? Because that is what I am, in fact, putting money on. Yeah, I love it. Uh, go to the ESPN.com, click on Tournament Challenge, search yeah, ESPNMT2023, right and uh, get your bracket entered in uh, to our bracket challenge. Only got... About a minute and 20 left because we're uh, out early yeah. today. Oh, what yeah. uh, What's cooking on the new show? Uh, Goose. Goose is coming to town. Nice. They're playing uh, the Kettle House Amphitheater this September. Cool. And they've been on the new show for the last few weeks. So we're going to hopefully perhaps have them close to this very radio studio to play some music for us as well. Goose is rad. That's one of They're my cool. bands that have been added to my uh, my 
catalog, nice. courtesy of the trail. Did you know they were coming here? I didn't know that. No, yeah. I, 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 they're going to Ampa. Yeah, Ampa nice. Theater Show. Sweet. Yeah. This was just announced up. today from our friends over at Log Jam Show. Again, kudos to you guys on another great concert announcement. Uh, also, I'm begging, bring back Jamestown Revival. They were sweet last time they were at the Top Hat. We were playing some of them uh, on the show today. Yeah, they're so, cool. Uh, bring them back. We'd love that. Thanks, Log Jam. Thanks, yeah. Lalanya. Uh, if you want to change the channel ever from ESPN Radio, you're allowed to. Only one notch up the dial, 103.3, the trail, Montana's Quality Rock. Tommy on the airwaves from 6 to 7 uh, every Tuesday night for the new show and in the evenings uh, every weeknight. Uh, anything else you want to add before we get out? Yeah, I guess I need to call. I need to like roll back my confidence about winning the karaoke challenge because I've seen <laughs> Safford do karaoke. Jeff Safford, Boyce of Missoula Paddleheads, Grizz Hockey and Lacrosse. Uh, that guy can belt some country music. We'll be back at tomorrow. See you then. Nuance Now, ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com.